On the Grindhouse Girls podcast, we discuss all things spoopy, scary, and strange. Some content may be disturbing or graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Sidetracks, the unscripted and unruly series where we share with you what we've been watching and whether it's worth your time. This is the Grindhouse Girls Podcast 2023 Oscars Edition. cynical night of the year personally yes i would say uh we have an oscar party we do every year and i will say that most of the people that come are probably more on your side katie like (laughs) yeah i mean but the thing is like i like talking about the year's movies that part's fun but i get i'll get very cynical when we get into certain categories because this year's oscar nominees are very um surprising in a lot of categories like there's a lot of like really good surprises and a lot of like really disappointing surprises like things i did not expect i don't know about surprises they're unexpected yes yes and we've talked before on the podcast so best picture nominees that's the only thing that all the members across the board of the academy can vote on so that's the only one that the polls completely open up anyone can vote for a best picture nominee which is why it's always so interesting to see what 10 films are the nominees every year yes it's it's a mixed bag this year in Mm -hmm. terms of genre which on one hand i like to see because for too many years it was like the same drama up for awards but i'm like oh do we need i don't know i don't want to be too much of a gatekeeper on one hand about like oh that's not oscar worthy but like some of the films i'm very much like i know why these are nominated and it's not a good reason why it's nominated but we'll get to that because it's it's fine but but britney loves this time of year so britney will be the nice sunshine this week and i will be the cynical asshole yes yes and that's okay that's okay and i now i will say going into this that um for me this is like kind of like a fantasy league (laughs) um and the reason i say that so for me when i predict my nominees i try not to let my heart get in the way me and katie have had this conversation many a times that usually my favorite movies every year are not the best picture winners they seem to be like the best original screenplay winners but yeah uh this is a as we get closer to our best picture nominees and our prediction for the best picture winner i will say this is a every year in my adult life i'm just like i get more and more surprised by film uh and that is one of those years where i'm just like 
this is another very interesting year for the Oscars. And as more yes. younger people, as more millennials and Gen Z kind of make their way into the Academy, I think we'll see more surprises too. Some of them are, like I said, some of them are good surprises. Some of them I'm like, what? Why? And some of them I know why. But we won't talk about what we've been watching because this is our Oscars episode, obviously. We'll save that for the next week if it's something that isn't Oscar related that we've watched so we were gone last week just because some stuff came up, but we should have, a, this should be our regular schedule from now on. I will just say, we'll just say that it's been a really shitty time. It has like, been. Like, really shitty. Uh, I'm glad we are recording this on February 28th. I'm very glad that tomorrow is March. Yes. February sucked. Yeah. In a lot of ways. I do have to give a quick shout out to Ryan because me and Katie and Ryan had a, a production meeting very early this year and I was talking to Ryan and Katie about some, some concerns that ended up being legitimate concerns and ended up why we didn't record and I was telling Ryan and Katie about this and Ryan goes if there ever comes a time he goes we're just gonna put a message out we love you guys we'll be back soon he's like you need you do what you need to do and yes. to have that kind of team and to have that kind of editor just to say, hey, don't worry about it. That is such a blessing. Yeah. And I am so grateful for the two of you. Mm, um, grateful for you and Ryan. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. So Love you. I love you, too. And we can't see each other this episode because I got a new setup, but I don't have a camera set up yet. So if we're talking weird, it's because Katie fucked up. But it's okay. Yeah. That all being said, we're happy to be back. I'm happy that Britt's back. Happy that Ryan's Ryan's stuck with us. And <laughs> are we ready to talk some Oscar nominees? Oh, fuck yeah. I'm yes. always ready. And this is our opinion. <laughs> so, like, if you don't agree with it, that's fine. Not all of them are streaming yet. There's a couple that I we weren't able to get our hands on. So, if we haven't seen it, I think we said this last year. We'll probably mention what we've heard about it, but, you know, unfortunately, the way the Oscars, the timing is, there's not always a chance to see every movie and to have enough time to actually record an episode that'll go out the same yes. week. Yes, it's kind of, it's it's usually a lot of people know this, so I'm so sorry if I'm preaching to you guys and you already know this, but the big thing with the Oscars, what they try to do with these movies is they try to release them later in the year, so like in the October, November, December season, because if you release something back in January, February, March, it may not be on your mind as a more recent film. Yeah. Now, I will say there was a movie, I believe, released in April, which is Everything Ever All at Once, that proved that theory very wrong. Yes. Uh, but that is commonly the only thing about a movie being released late in the season is that it doesn't come to streaming fast enough or you're streaming right. it literally the week before the ceremony. Yes. So I've marathoned several of them this weekend, <laughs> but yeah. I still did not get through all of the Best Picture nominees, but I got through most of them. I got through the ones I wanted to see for sure and even some that I was very on the fence about. So... But I think Britt did a little better than I did. So I think between the two of us, we'll have seen almost every single Best Picture nominee. Except yeah. for one, and I don't think it's winning. So that's my opinion. But anyways, um, I guess I have it in kind of an order. So um, I guess let's talk about actor in a leading role. Let's just get it over oh, with. Oh, God, Jesus. Uh, So this 
one, I'm very excited this year because this is all first time nominees for this for this for this actor. I'm so surprised about Colin Farrell and Bill Nye. I thought they had both been nominated for something. I know, right? So no, they they've never been nominated for Best Actor before. Uh, so this is this is incredible. I love that. Uh, this is my hardest award to predict. This is the one that I, 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 I like my other predictions, I feel like 80-20 on some of them. But this one, I'm like, I could get, I could really easily see it going one of three ways. So our, our category nominees are Austin Butler from Elvis as Elvis. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, you know what? They didn't have the character names on the Oscar website. I just literally copied and pasted what they had. Um, so I cannot remember Colin Farrell's character's name, but Podrick! Co- Podrick! Thank you! Because <laughs> it's just like Game of Thrones. Fuck. I knew it was something that I was gonna, like, whack myself in the head after not realizing. Colin Farrell as Podrick in The Banshees of Inishirin. It's like, it's like Padrick. P-A-D-R-I-C, I think. Yeah. So. I think they say Only because I watched it. But it's Irish, I, I, so yeah, it's like I watch everything with subtitles, which is the only reason I, I remember. Too. So, uh, Brendan Fraser in The Whale for Charlie, Paul Mescal in After Sun, and Bill Nye in Living, which we kind of talked about that one because you saw Ikaru, which is what mm-hmm. it's based on. Yes. Well, okay, so. I got to see Banshees and Elvis. I have yet to see The Whale, which I'm upset about. Um, I want to see Living, and I'm very on the fence about After Sun. Have you seen all of them? No. So, unfortunately, uh, I have not seen After Sun. This will be one I will rent next week, so I'm going to make it for the other two Best Picture nominees I haven't seen. Uh, and then next week I will be running After Sun and To Leslie. And unfortunately, Living is not streaming anywhere. I've been dying to see that. That's movie. so upsetting. And it's not streaming. Yeah, and it's not in theaters near us. Or I've already would have gone to a theater at this. Yeah, point too. To Leslie I think is streaming, but I there's several. The Whale is like you can only purchase it, and I'm like I'm sorry, I want to rent it. So supposedly The Whale is coming to Apple TV soon, but I don't know how soon is soon. I uh, bet but I, next week. Yeah, it may be. They may release it like literally next week in anticipation of the Oscars. So Katie, I have to ask you. So who are you thinking for this award? Well, even though I haven't gotten to watch it yet, I want Brendan Fraser to win. Fraser yeah. to win. Because it's not Fraser. Like, I've been saying it's Fraser, by the way. Just found that out because I've been watching Brendan Fraser um, <laughs> interviews. Um, I want him to win. He deserves all the happiness in the world. And I would love for him to win. And I've not heard anything bad about his performance um, at all. However, I would be fine if Colin Farrell won. I would probably be fine with Bill Nye one, even though I haven't seen that movie, just because I like him. <sighs> yeah. But I'm afraid Austin Butler... I don't think Austin Butler's going to win, but I'm I'm afraid that could happen. I... Okay, I watched Elvis. I have many thoughts on it, but we'll just talk about Austin Butler's performance <sighs> right now. I think he does look a lot like Elvis. He does sound a lot like Elvis. But it was a little play acting for me, a little caricature for me. I don't know if there's a way to play Elvis that isn't going to be like a caricature, honestly, because he was such a unique individual. And I don't know how, it's like Marilyn Monroe. They both had very unique public personas 
and presences. They were kind of different people in front of the public than they were in private. And so maybe that's the only way you can present them for it to be familiar to the audience. However, it reminded me of being the Ricardos a little bit. Like, it was a better fit, but it was a little bit like, it was good. I was just saying, like, I don't want him to win because I don't think he was tapping into many real feelings, if that makes sense. It was very surface level, but it was good. I don't know. Am I being too much of a bitch? No, I think I think the beauty of, like, of acting is how, like, you perceive an actor. So, I will say real quick that me and my husband, we have this ongoing bet because he is surefire that Austin Butler is going to win. And I will say, as of right now, in a lot of the prediction boards, he is leading. Uh, The main reason that is, the main reason that is, so he did win Best Actor, Most Impressive Drama at the Golden Globes. He also won BAFA, which is like the British, uh, essentially the British Academy Awards. Yes, he did one Best Actor for BAFA. Uh, and a, a lot of the Academy overlaps with the BAFA vote, voters. Do. So yeah. uh, so that is a thing. It's a possibility. Now me, this is my kind of argument of why I think the tables could really lean either way. So yes, Austin Butler did win these, you know, Golden Globes is televised. BAFA is a huge, huge award ceremony. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, Austin Butler is very young. He has many, many acting years ahead of him. He yeah. proves he has real star power. So it's not that a young actor couldn't win Best Actor. I and don't want and it. obviously, like the the Academy loves showy performances. They love these like um musician performances. I mean, come on, Rami Malik winning for as Freddie Mercury. I for guess Bohemian I guess Rami Malik though seemed like he was tapping into real emotions more. Yeah. And maybe it's because so, I've seen him on more stuff and I know what he can do. Because I was a, a huge Mr. Robot fan when he won. So maybe yeah. it was that? I don't know. Well, and that's where I, I, I could see it going either way. So we do know that the Academy loves these kind of larger-than-life performances. Like, you know, my mom, my mom, Elvis was like, you know, the king. And that's like kind of how I was raised. Like, Elvis is the king, right? But... We also see the Academy loves these really, like, in-the-skin character pieces, which is what Brendan Fraser brings mm-hmm. to the well. It's like, okay, this movie literally isn't nominated for anything, anything except for Brendan as best lead and Hong Chao as best supporting, right? Yeah. But Brendan brings such this beauty and such this warmth to Charlie that when you see him on the screen, it's like, you just you just feel so, like, enwrapped in this character and his kindness and... I mean, it's such a beautiful performance, right? But this is the issue, is that, okay, so we got Elvis. It's flashy. It has the production design. It's the best picture nominee. <laughs> the Well doesn't really have a lot going for it other than Brendan and Hong. It's Chow. It's a very small film. Now, Brendan did win Critics' Choice Awards. He yes. won the Hollywood's Critics' Association Awards. He won the Screen Actors Guild Awards. And he won the TIFF Tributes. So he... Mm-hmm. He's taken home a lot of rewards for this performance yeah. already. So this is what we got. Do we do we have this very like larger than life showy performance, or do we have this very in the skin like nuanced performance? Yeah, I don't it's know. Hard. Cause like I like I said, I don't think Austin Butler did a bad job. I think he did a really good job. He surprised me because I kind of thought it was gonna be a shit show. I'm gonna, not gonna lie. Cause I like Baz Luhrmann as a director, but. He goes over the top a lot. And I was like, is this going to be real camp? Or is this going to be like, I can believe this person was a real person? 
he was much better than I thought he was. He also didn't sing as much as I thought he was. He really, I thought he was singing more in the movie, but I went and looked at the soundtrack and Elvis Presley is um, credited in all of the songs that Austin Butler sings, except for one where he talks in the beginning. So I think they just used Elvis's voice, which as someone who sings always disappoints me when the person isn't also singing. But they also did the same thing in Bohemian Rhapsody because I, I guess Remy Malik couldn't sound exactly like Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury is a much harder voice to sing though. Elvis has a great voice, but Elvis's range isn't as big as Freddie Mercury's was. I just always like to see an older actor get it who's been putting the years in. Yeah, which does bring me to my my other thing I will say. So, I love Brendan. I would love to see Brendan win. For the sake of argument, for this podcast, I did put Brendan Fraser as my choice. Um, my choice too. But, I think there is a good possibility that it could be Colin Farrell. And I think Colin Farrell could be like the fun dark horse. And the reason the reason I say that is because as much as Brendan is incredible in The Well, The Well, going back to it, only has two nominees. The Banshees of Inishirin has nine nominations. The whole cast is pretty much nominated. And Colin Farrell, yes. I love him in that movie. Uh, he also won the Golden Globe for Best Actor, but for Motion Picture Comedy. He won the Best Actor for the National Society of Film Critics and the Online Film Critics Society, as well as Venice Film Festival's Best Acting Award. So, I mean, for the sake of argument, and Taylor is rolling around on the couch and they're probably listening to me, but I actually put Colin as my second choice for winning best That's, actor yeah those are my top two but like if austin butler wins he did it i would just be disappointed it w and, and only because he's young if he yeah. was and you can't really play young elvis when you're 45 but like if he was like if he had been putting in years and years of work i would be like yeah but honestly like well, i, I don't know i liked the i ended up liking the movie more than i thought i was going to but it wasn't quite because of him, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I and I agree. Like, I think, I mean, I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't just be like, oh, he doesn't deserve it at all. Because he did give no, a great performance. Like, it, it's just more like, he he does have star power. I would love to see what he does in the future. It's obviously, I mean, I would love to see this guy who's, you know, like a couple years younger than us. I would love to see what he's doing in his 40s, his 50s. Yeah. I, I see a long lucrative career ahead of him and I hope he gets nominated a couple more times. Now, I will say for Paul Mescal and After Sun and Bill Nye and Living, um, obviously I haven't seen either of the two of them. Paul, I really want to see After Sun. He is also very young, so I do hope there's like a lucrative career, more nominations. Bill, I think the main thing hurting Bill Niley is that Living is not getting the press that these other movies are. Right. And, and I love yeah. him, but like, I'm like, I, I do too. don't even, I didn't even know this movie was happening until you were like, oh, I saw Ikiru because there's this movie adaptation of it. And I was like, oh, I love Bill Nye. But then again, it's not streaming anywhere, so no one can watch yeah. it. Which seems weird. Like, I'm like, if it's like a little indie film that hasn't been getting a lot of press, you should let it stream everywhere. We're on the same page, at least, I feel like, on this one. Yep, I, I agree. So, uh, I don't know if my mind will change by awards night, but right now I'm walking in Brendan as first choice, Colin Farrell as second. Yes, and yeah, that's kind of where I am. I would be surprised if Austin Butler won, but also I did not expect 
Anthony Hopkins to win over Chadwick Boseman. So no. I could be wrong. I will say one more thing that can always, because guys, as as me and Katie have talked about, when we talk about Oscars, we're not just talking about the performance in a movie. We just wish it was that simple. It's not. No. Uh, so it's all the award shows leading up to the Oscars. It's all the speeches leading up to the Oscars. Uh-huh. And then there's certain events. So uh lisa marie's very untimely passing yes that was even, really sad even could you know Sway i mean people. there could be yeah and i mean i i don't once again i'm not saying that austin butler is undeserving not saying that at all he's a great actor he's very deserving it's just you never know what may turn the tide in True. something uh, that's that's what makes the Oscars so interesting to try to predict. So yes, so and it's and there's a lot of politics that go into it. My cynical mm-hmm. side is that people do um, run campaigns for most of them. Now the next category we're going to talk about something special that we already mentioned once, um, but people do campaign for them. So yeah. like a lot of it is like if you don't get enough press, then or enough campaign if you don't have money behind you then you might not get it. And I do think Elvis has a lot of money behind it. So, you know, that gives it more. But the whale has had a really good push, too. So, um, and so has Banshees. So, yeah, they're probably the three. But I would say out of all three of those, I prefer, I mean, I haven't gotten to see the whale yet. But the Banshees, I thought, was a better done movie then. Um, So the next category is actress in a leading role, which um, we've got. Kate Blanchett in like her 50th nomination and she's already won I think supporting and lead in Tar. She won, as, no, I was about to say yeah she won for Blue Jasmine so she yes. she has won the best actress uh, and I think she, award she's before. been nominated for supporting but I feel like she's won that too but I could be wrong but she's playing Lydia Tar in Tar. I did actually just get to watch that one. Um, Ana de Armas as Marilyn Monroe in Blonde the only nomination Blonde got. Um, I'm kind of surprised they didn't get costume and makeup because, like, they did dead on get her costumes and stuff. Andrea Riseborough in To Leslie as Leslie. Um, Michelle Williams in The Fablemans as Mitzi. Mitzi, yeah. Mitzi. Uh, Michelle Yeoh and everything, everywhere, all at once as Evelyn. Evelyn, yep. I had, I don't know why I knew everybody's name in these ex- <laughs> apparently i knew the women's names but i've seen more of these i think how are you feeling about these okay so i i'm gonna have to go with michelle for mm-hmm. everything ever all at once i do i will say i did take a look and it seems like kate blanchett is actually leading more in what? favor of who they think will win uh kate blanchett is my second choice um my main reason that I'm kind of leaning towards Michelle, uh, other than she was phenomenal and everything oh, yeah. everywhere all at once. Like, I mean, this was, this was like, she had even said it. She's like, this is what I was waiting for. This is what I was waiting to show my family that I was capable of doing. And she fucking goes for it. She's incredible. With Kate Blanchett as Lydia Tarr, I mean, she, Kate plays this villain, and I love Tara. I don't. I know she everyone did really love good. Tara. No, oh, she was, she was so good. I mean, just like holy shit, just watching her conduct. Like I, I would assume she had been conducting her whole life. Like watching her move, uh, just incredible. Michelle, though, so I thought she was the first Asian woman ever nominated in the Best Actress category. She's actually the first Asian woman that acknowledges uh, her Asian heritage. Yes. 
because Michelle Oberon, who was like, I guess, a classic star, actually mm-hmm. was of Euro-Asian descent, which was something I just recently learned. But so Michelle, just to name a few of the accolades she's uh, received as playing Evelyn. Outstanding performance by a female actor for the Screen Guild Awards, Hollywood Critic Association Awards, Best Actress Online Films Critics Society, and the Golden Globes uh, Best Actress for Motion Picture Musical, musical or Comedy. Yeah. I think it's kind of speaking to itself here. Yeah. Ana de Armas, uh, she's great as Marilyn Monroe. Unfortunately, the movie is way too controversial. I don't see her winning for also, that. Also, it's fucking weird. I did try to yeah. watch Blonde today. I scrubbed through some of it. Uh, she's fine. I will say, like, there's something. She looks perfect. Her mannerisms are perfect. There's something about her voice that is just a teeny tiny bit off, but not in, like, not in, like, a horrible way. It's just, like... You can only become another person so much, which is not really her fault. And I'm like, I'm being too picky because I've seen apparently too many Marilyn Monroe videos. Um, but she's great. I think the from what I saw, I did not watch the whole movie. I scrubbed through it. I, I watched a couple key scenes. She does a great job. The movie is frenetic as fuck and just fucking weird. And there's like, you can tell there's good performances in there, but it's just a fucking mess in my opinion. So I'm glad she got the nomination because I think she worked her ass off and she made herself very vulnerable in that film. But I don't see it winning because I would be very surprised. Like, especially when you have Michelle, yo, yo, yow? Yow, right? Yeah. Okay. If I'm mispronouncing it, please, 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 please forgive me. But... I want Michelle to win. She's my pick because she's been in years of hard work. She deserves this. And it's not because it's not simply because, oh, she's the first openly Asian woman to be nominated. That's fantastic. But besides the point, I love the representation. She just did the damn thing. And she's fantastic. And yeah, Kate Blanchett is great. Kate Blanchett's already won it once. And she's yeah. always, it, it didn't stand out to me as anything unique to Kate Blanchett. Like, I was like, this was basically her on a good day. Yeah, I, I did. I really did like Tar. And I know, of, I, I know a lot of people didn't like Tar as much as I did. Now, it wasn't my two favorites. Do people hate it? No, I mean, it's just like, I think there's some people that are just like, oh, I can take it or leave it. Um, I thought, I thought it was very intelligent. And I like, like I've said before, I like movies that it's like they assume their audience knows everything about classical music i'm like yes please assume i'm smart enough to keep up at every whim that's what i want um i don't know what about uh i guess we should talk about on andrea riseborough into leslie because this was a grassroots campaign nomination that worked and they almost took it away from her and they didn't i doubt she's well i don't know does that mean she has a bigger chance of winning because people actually got her nominated i don't and the only reason and this is not a testament to her talent i have not seen two leslie yet it's a movie i plan to watch next week Mm -hmm. this is nothing against her talent because everyone who has seen this movie is like she is phenomenal well and she's been great in everything she's been in that i've seen so far once again we've run into the issue where it's like i'm not for sure what movie company what production company did to leslie but there's not really a campaign so when you go to hollywood you are seeing he Huge billboards of Michelle, not Michelle Williams. I'm so sorry, guys. You're seeing huge billboards of Michelle Yao. And it's like, everything has led to this. Like, you see those billboards. And it's like, reminding you, like, hey, 
she's been nominated for Best Actress. This is a huge moment. This is a huge deal. You don't really see that for Andrea. You don't really see that for Michelle Williams or Kate, or Kate Blanchett or Ana de Armas. It's not, the campaigning isn't the same as it is for Everything Everywhere at Once. So, Michelle, I mean, even if you took everything away that she's incredible in this movie, you do really see A24 fighting oh, for her yeah. for this. They're fighting for her, they're fighting for Brendan. Yes. And, they are. Which and I, I love mean, about them. I I love it too because they, I mean, I, but they also, I mean, A24 knows what they're fucking doing when it comes to selecting movies for their company. Because A24 has created films like nothing I've seen before. Yeah. And they made a name for themselves. So I um, did look up who is doing, it's Momentum Pictures did to Leslie. And they okay. do a lot of movies I've heard of, but they're like much more independent. And they have a mix of like, wow, this looks like a really good independent movie. And wow, this looks like a cheap piece of crap that got thrown together with one big name. Like, there's a and, lot of uh, those weird, bad Nick Cage movies in here, too. So, yeah. very much a mixed bag. I do not think they have the budget to really yeah. do much of anything. And sometimes it's like that. You know, it, it could be nothing against momentum pictures. Maybe they want to do their best for their actors and actresses, but they don't have the means or the income <gasps> to really do Hasbro. that. They're owned by Hasbro. That's hilarious. Oh, that's interesting. Well, alrighty then. But I'm going to lock in Michelle as my first choice. Kate as my second choice. I will say this. Michelle is absolutely deserving of this award, though. She, she was incredible. Get it. If she yeah. doesn't, I would be very surprised. Because not only does everyone who's like a moviegoer agree that it's a great movie and a fantastic performance, yeah. but... The general audience loves it. It's very much a parasite kind of thing where, like, everybody yeah. likes this movie. There's something in it for everybody. And it's it, it was very touching, yet a lot of humor. But it was also, like, such a complicated film because you're playing so many different versions of the same characters. And I thought yeah. that was interesting. And that's that's a challenge in itself. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's what I'm like, you know what? I mean, it was a, I can speak to the movies I saw, which is four of the five. I've seen all of them except two Leslie. And it was a, a great year for actresses. And I mean, <laughs> they were all wonderful in their respective roles. But Michelle Yao, I'm just like, you know, I keep coming back to the emotional side of this. Like, this is what she'd been waiting for. And she killed it. Yes, I would love for and her I'm to win. So I happy. want her to win. I would, yeah. like, if Kate Blanchett wins i'd be like okay but i i don't think this is a standout for kate blanchett i think it's great so i guess we're moving to actors in a supporting role uh brendan gleason in the banshees of inisharan it's calm i think i think it's calm brian tyree henry in causeway judd hirsch in the fableman he's the uncle i forgot the uncle's name the uncle mm -hmm. Um, Barry Cogan. Dominic! In the, in the Banshees of Inisherin, who, he was in The Green Knight when we did The Green Knight. And also he's in The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Um, he's so creepy in that one. And Ki Huai Kwan in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. It's husband. Thank you. Waylon! <laughs> Waylon! Thank you. <laughs> I want Ki Huai Kwan to win. Oh. I'm butchering his name. Because, because of my deep nostalgia and the fact that i just loved him having fun in a role for the first time in such a long time and he just kicked it out of the park however i would be okay with barry or brendan winning because they were just 
fucking fantastic in the Banshees of Inisherin, especially Barry. Barry was like absolutely heart wrenching, but Brendan was like so hilarious and also just he's always he's always solid. He's always a solid actor. I want to watch Causeway because I want to see what that performance is about. But I have not seen it streaming anywhere either. It's on. So. It's on Apple TV. And I think it was an <gasps> Apple TV film. Oh, good. Okay, so I can watch that one. Yeah. Yay! And I love Judd Hirsch, but I haven't seen The Fablemans. Okay, so I, I watched The Fablemans the other day, and he was phenomenal. But it was a six-minute role, so it's like, oh god. Yeah, they have uh, Mitzi uncle comes and visits for Thanksgiving and it's like, he's in the next scene. It's like literally six minutes. I'm, I'm not even kidding. Oh maybe, God. maybe that eight minutes me. if I'm being gracious, but yeah, it's less than 10 minutes that he's in the film. But I mean, I guess cause he, he's great. I, he's a great actor. Maybe he's never won before. And that's why I, you know what? I actually did not look it up to make sure. Um, I, I, I'll say this. I don't think it's going to be anyone other than Kihei Kwan. Like, and the reason I say that is because if you guys are keeping up with this award season, he has gotten, I mean, consistently, every award show, he's won Best Supporting Actor. And every single award show, he gives a speech that makes me cry. Like, <laughs> he's so sweet. He he's so, is. But he's been oh. sweet his whole life. I mean, but like, he was in so many movies i watched as a child every single time he does a speech he's holding it's like every award he'll be holding the award and he just starts crying before he talks and i mean it's kind of like you know for coda last year when it was troy Kosur who was nominated for best supporting and he was also just killing it every award show who was also at the super bowl this year and i was watching it with someone who didn't know who he was and he was like why is he standing there? And I was like, because he's going to sign the national anthem. He was like, oh, okay. Because I was like, I was like, he's deaf and he won the Academy Award last year for Best Supporting Actor and he's going to sign. I was like, our college always had people signing at shows. So it seemed normal to me, but I guess I don't think everybody knows that they do that at a lot of things. I'm glad they had him though, but I was excited for him. I'm sorry, go ahead. What no. do you want? Yeah, so I just, I really, I, my mouth would be on the floor if it was anyone other than Key. Like, I just don't think it's gonna happen. Now, I will say in respect to the other nominees, Brendan and Barry were both fucking phenomenal the Banshees of Insurance. I love them. I mean, that whole ensemble, it's like everything ever all at once. Like, between those two movies, just the casting was perfect in both films. Um, Brian Tyree Henry, I have not seen Causeway. I want to, um, but I did see Bullet Train, and he was in it. He's one of my favorite characters in Bullet Train. He's also on Atlanta, too. Uh, apparently, Causeway is about Jennifer Lawrence's character experiences a traumatic brain injury. Um, she's a soldier in Afghanistan after an IED explosion, and she's struggling, and she becomes friends with um brian tyree henry's character who's an auto mechanic who also had physical and mental trauma after a car accident with his nephew was killed on the lake poncha train causeway in new orleans so it's like a metaphor with them and the causeway and difficult so it sounds like an interesting movie but i haven't gotten to watch it yet i kind of think it's very interesting how we have like a lot of actors this year that they're their movie's sole nomination i mean between paul miscal and after uh, after son andrea and to leslie uh you know brian tyree henry and causeway we have a lot of these where it's just like they're they're, they're i mean it's 
very interesting to me where you see like these actors yeah. kind of soar above everything else. It's really cool. But yeah, I want Kihua Kwan to win. I, I think he Kwan is. Like, I mean, he, I, I'm so locked in. And to be honest, I would say my second would be Brendan Arberry, but I honestly couldn't choose between the two of them. So I'm really just locked in on Kihua. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think Brendan and Barry are going to split the votes because. They're both so good in that movie. I yeah. think The Banshees is that movie that gets nominated for everything, but might not walk away with stuff because, like, it's too many nominations, if that makes sense. I will say there Sometimes is there happens. is one award that I feel pretty confident it's going to get. We'll get to that later, so. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay, okay. Yeah. So I guess with that, since we're both in agreement, uh, let's move on to actress in a supporting role. Oh, this one's harder again. This one is hard. We've got Angela Bassett is nominated for her role as the queen in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I did watch that last night. Um, then we said Hong Chow in The Whale, who was in the menu that we covered earlier. Tortillas. Um, Carrie Con- Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Tortilla. Oh, yeah. Tortillas. <laughs> did, you just think tortillas? I was, did you just think I was saying tortillas? <laughs> I thought you were saying her character name from the whale. And I was like, her name was tortillas? I just thought for a moment that Katie was being supportive. Like, yes, Brit, tortillas. Like, good job. Tortillas. Like, back to the show. I was like, was that her name? No, I remember that part. The tortillas was like, tortillas. A tortilla is... Tortilla. She was so good in that movie. Yeah. Anyways. um, Carrie Condon in The Banshees of Inishirin as Podrick's sister. Shaban. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis as Deirdre in Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, And Stephanie Sue as... Oh, they have her. Oh no, I actually character. Joy, Joy, Joy. Yeah, they had they had her evil. um, Spoiler alert! If you haven't seen it, her alter ego's name first. I was like, I don't know uh, as Joy. Yeah, and and the evil thing too, but that's kind of a spoiler. So (laughs) I hope you guys have seen it. Yeah. So as we discussed with like Banshees, because we have Jamie and Stephanie, their votes are going to be divided. I think if it was between the two, it'd be Jamie. Uh, she did just win the other day the Screen Actors Guild Award for Outstanding Performance by a Female Actress in a Supporting Role. So Jamie Lee Curtis has now won a Best Supporting Actress for this role. Oh. Okay, so Hong Chow and The Well. So I saw The Well. I can attest, like, Hong Chow made me cry uh, watching her in that role because she acts as Brendan's caretaker, like his one of his best friends and his caretaker. Mm-hmm. And um, her being a caretaker is like... Like, that, it was very hard-hitting. Like, if you have ever been in a caretaker role, like, she portrayed it phenomenally. Uh, So, I mean, she's great. The only thing is is that she has been nominated at quite a few awards shows for her performances in that movie. She hasn't won a single award. Which I hate to say that takes her out of probably winning, but it does. Uh, So, my two bets are going to be on either Angela Bassett or Carrie Condon. Now, I love Carrie in the band. She's of insurance. Like, she She's is... She's fantastic. She is phenomenal. And there is, like... I mean, it's a mostly male cast, and she completely holds her place. And she mm-hmm. just, like... I loved her. Um, which is why I always remember her name is Siobhan. Now, she did win National Society of Film Critics uh, Award for Best Supporting. She won the Online Film Critics Society for Best Supporting. Uh, so she has won in a few different categories at a few different award shows. I hate to say it, though. So I haven't seen Black Panther Wakanda forever yet. I just, I personally love Carrie and the Banshees of Inna Sharon. 
But I'm kind of leaning towards, I'm thinking it's going to be Angela Bassett. This is her second nominee. She did not win for uh, her nomination for What's Love Got to Do With It. So, yes. I, 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 yeah, I think it may be her. She's also the first actor to ever be nominated for a performance in a Marvel film, too. Which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And, okay, I, I have to say this out of the water. I was starting to say this when we got disconnected. I love Angela Bassett. I am more of a fan of her television work than her film work just because I've been exposed to it more but I think she's a fantastic actress I think she deserves a nomination however her part wasn't that big in Black Panther it was very much a Judd Hirsch situation and I won't spoil anything for you but it was an important role but she didn't have as much screen time as I would have expected her to have a Oscar nomination. Like, she was good, but I was like, I was kind of surprised. I thought there was going to be more of her in it than there was when I saw the movie last night. Yeah. That being said, it's Angela Bassett. So even if she's, it's kind of like a, like a Heath Ledger kind of thing. Like, he should have won for Brokeback. Brokeback, but he only won for Dark Knight. But... You know, I'm. I think she's a fantastic actress, but I I find it weird that this is what she got nominated for because I think she has many, 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 many more years of acting left. At least I hope so because I really like Angela Bassett. Also, they put her character having white hair the whole time. I thought that was real weird because she does not seem that old. Yeah, like I thought they were trying to age her, and I'm like, this woman has flawless skin and has her entire life. I don't know if you can age Angela Bassett. I'm just going to say. Anyways, but, you know, I would be fine. I want, my two picks are really Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Sue. Oh, really? To be honest. But I don't think they're going to win. So, I like Carrie, I like everybody in this category. So, like, I will not be upset with anybody. But I was more impressed with everything everywhere all at once than I was with, I haven't seen The Whale yet. But the other two... I actually had it, and this is just me personally. I was like, okay, because Angela Bassett won Golden Globes and Critics' Choice. Oh, and she also, did win the Golden Globes? Okay, yeah. well then she might win. <laughs> yeah, she won uh, Golden Globes Best Supporting Actress at Motion Picture. Uh, she also won Best Supporting Actress Critics' Choice and um, Best Supporting Ho- Actress Hollywood Critics Association Awards. Uh, so, I'm so surprised because I just she's yeah. not in as much as the movie as I thought she was going to be which in. Which is something that is very interesting because I do feel like that does happen occasionally with supporting actors and actresses and I'm not I'm not sure what dictates enough screen time to be nominated but I think it can be like six or seven minutes because I thought Revolutionary Road's Best Supporting Actor nomination was like in the film for five minutes so yeah well and and uh, Anthony Hopkins wasn't in that much of Silence of the Lambs really that's true too I will say I right now and this could change before the ceremony but right now I'm leaning towards Angela Bassett as probably the winner with Carrie Condon as my very very close second and out of the four performances I've seen I think all the ladies were phenomenal in all their roles but I think Carrie I love it when a woman holds herself against a male-dominated cast and she did oh yeah and I I mean that just gives me a frill so (laughs) I would say Black Panther Wakanda Forever was 
a very female heavy movie like mm-hmm. most of the main characters are very strong female characters and i was surprised because i have seen i saw black panther but it's been years and i saw it i saw like the first half in a preview sense on disney plus and then i was like oh it's not on there fully yet. i don't know when they first started they were doing all these like previews of movies they were going to release on there and so then it, it took me a while to actually watch the whole thing. So that's not as fresh in my mind as this one is. Um, but there's just a lot of very strong female performances in it. And everyone's doing a really good job. I will say this movie, because I don't think it's nominated for anything else we're covering. No. It did a really good job of giving a very nice send-up to Chadwick Boseman without being, without shoehorning it in. They did it in a very respectful way. In a way that made sense. Like, they didn't, like, make... They didn't recast someone else as him and, like, show him, like, dying in a fight. He just got sick and passed away, which is what happened to Chadwick. So, not just, but you know what I mean. Like, they just respectfully honored him and they did a very good job of that. There wasn't a lot of over-exaggeration. It was very respectful and I enjoyed that aspect of it. And they did a really good job ushering in, like, you can see that there's a lot of different characters for this series to continue. Um, And it's mostly female-driven, which I was impressed with. Um, Which, there's a lot of really strong, like, people in that movie. Um, So, I'm not that surprised. But um, it was really good. Do we want to go to screenplays before director? Yeah. Or director before screenplays. We'll do screenplays first. Okay, best original screenplay. Um, The Banshees of Inishirin, written by Martin McDonough. Um, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, written by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Shinert. Um, Shinert? Shinert? Sh- Shinert's the one that's from Birmingham, right? Yes, from Alabama. Is. Yes. So we have an Alabama native. Thank God someone's doing us proud since our politicians suck. Anyways... Um, the Fablemans, written by Steven Spielberg and Tony Kushner. If you don't know who Tony Kushner is, he wrote Angels in America. Um, and if you don't know what Angels in America is, um, educate yourself. This Anyways. is also his second collaboration with Spielberg after West Side Story. He last did because he did West Side Story as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, love me some Tony Kushner writing. Tar, written by Todd Field, and Triangle of Sadness, written by Ruben Oost. I think it's Oostland. 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 Uh, I believe he's Swedish, I want to say, or Norwegian. He's up from the north. <laughs> I have seen Banshees every... I've seen four out of five, I just realized. So yeah. I've only seen the first hour 15 of Triangle of Sadness, but I saw it today and I fucking loved it. I saw Tar the other day, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Banshees. I Okay, my feeling is... I like all those. I think they're all really well written. I think everything, everywhere, all at once has so many layers to it. But I feel like the Banshees of Inishirin are such a good metaphor for the Irish Civil Civil War War. that I feel like it was very seamlessly put in there. So I feel like those are my top two picks. I think Tar was written really well. I'm a little confused on the messaging of Tar. I'm going to be honest. I was trying to figure that out. I've seen all five of these. I think all five of them are are phenomenal scripts. However, The Banshees of Inishirin is my pick. 
Uh, it is the one award that I'm like, oh yeah, Banshees is definitely going home with best original screenplay. You're, as you, I think you hit the nail on the head. Everything Everywhere All at Once is very layered. I think it's beautifully done. The Fablemans is very deeply personal. I think that's very beautiful, that aspect of it. Tar is so clever. I mean, all these nuances that literally make Lydia Tar like the, the villain of the story is just beautiful. And Triangle of mm -hmm. Sadness is like this dark satire. I do I like know the satire have... in it. Yes. And I, I will say, I me personally, and there's going to be someone out there screaming, no, Brittany, I think it can be a little heavy handed at times. But I, I still mean, they like were it. quoting Marx and Ronald Reagan to each other. So that was pretty, that was probably the most obvious part. Yeah. I was but like, I, okay. <laughs> but <laughs> Up me until personally, then. yeah, I think Banshees is going to absolutely take best original. And I think if it wasn't Banshees, it was going to be everything everywhere. But my, my vote is on Banshees. For yeah, this one. I I think those are my top two for sure. Tar, I, I mean, I haven't finished Triangle of Sadness, so maybe it'll wrap it all up, but I don't know. Tar, I'm still trying to figure out. Because there is a layer of cancel culture in there. Um, what am I trying to say? What's the actual movement? Me too but, kind of stuff. Yeah, There's I think cancel culture. That. I think cancel culture is br brilliant. Yeah, I would agree. That yeah, that's that's a perfect. Uh, <laughs> a perfect. I can't thing. figure out if they're trying to say this person did the thing they're being canceled for. So fuck them. Yay. Or anybody can get canceled no matter how far up the ladder you are, so you shouldn't treat people like shit. Or they're kind of innocent, but they were an asshole, so they kind of deserve it. I'm not really sure if they did the thing they're getting canceled for or I not. Think, oh, yeah. I Do you think, I yeah. feel like they were, I'm not sure. That's why I don't think it should win Best Original Screenplay, because I was left questioning whether or not I was like, that should be something that we absolutely know. Because this movie wasn't about, it wasn't like Eve's Bayou where it was like, ooh, are somebody misremembering something? What happened? What's going ooh. on? It was like, it was like, did someone misinterpret something? But obviously something happened. I Anyways, I, I, I don't think it was clear. Without spoiling it, I really feel like, yeah. Like absolutely, and I think there's like these um, because you remember in the in the in the film, there's like these almost like dream sequences that are almost nightmarish, and it's yeah. like the movie. The movie isn't a horror movie, but it definitely has like some horror elements to it, and mm -hmm. I think those are like the guilt. Like that's the guilt. That's the yeah, this happened. Someone took advantage of the situation, and they kept doing it over and over again. And you see that by a very stupid, blatantly stupid choice. That the character makes when they take a young protege with them overseas. And I mean... Yeah, that was, it, I was like, really, honey? Yeah, it's like maddening uh, how, to me, it's like it's like the downfall of the character. And I, I love that. I love to see that kind of downward spiral, that downfall um, that happens It was in that kind movie. of fun. Yeah. I will have to say this. So Banshees is my number one. Everything Everywhere is number two. But there is the Writer Guild of America Awards that are happening March 5th. This episode is being recorded on February 28th. So I, I'm very curious to see how the Writers Guild uh, Awards yeah. play out too. But yeah, yeah, I think Banshees is... 
incredible i loved it and i will say this for anybody who follows the academy's uh uh instagram page they'll do these little things where they match scenes with uh parts of the scripts from all their like nominated films and i love Mm -hmm. seeing that too i think it's so cool and i love it's one of my the 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 scene they actually did for for banshees is one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is where uh podrick confronts comb and he he kind of ends it and this is a slight spoiler he's like He's like, maybe you weren't really nice at all. Oh, God, maybe you weren't really nice at all. And I love that whole, like, monologue that Podrick mm-hmm. kind of has. Yeah, brilliant writing. So. It's a great, yeah, it's great. Um, I guess we can move on to adopted screenplay. Yes. Because that one was pretty succinct. Um, I've seen three of the five, so I better feel- odds. I've seen three of the five, too, and incidentally, the one I think it's going to win, I haven't seen. I, okay, I think it, there's, uh, okay, so I saw, well, we'll just say, All Quiet on the Western Front, screenplay Edgar Berger, Leslie Patterson, and Ian Stokel, uh, Glass Onion, and Knives Out Mystery. Apparently, they hate that they added the Knives Out Mystery part because it was just supposed to be the Glass Onion, um, which I found refreshing uh written by ryan johnson who also directed it living written by kazuo ishiguro yes top gun maverick screenplay there's so many people on this one screenplay by aaron Kruger and eric warren singer and christopher McQuarrie. that's three people story by peter craig and justin marks okay that's five people wow how many people does it take to write a story um, and Women Talking, screenplay by Sarah Polly, mm-hmm. um, which is adapted from a novel. Yeah. Um, so I've seen All Quiet, Glass Onion, and Women Talking. Yeah, and I've seen All Quiet, Glass Onion, and Top Gun Maverick. Okay. I think, okay, I just want to say, because Glass Onion I don't think is nominated for anything else uh, that we're going to talk about. It was super fun, and actually there were a lot of twists that were unexpected for me, and I loved it. And there was a whole malpropism thing in the writing that I loved. Um, Also, I saw Miles switch the glasses. I'm just saying, I did, Um, and I thought that was weird. So there was enough that you could catch something before it actually got revealed, which I appreciated. However, I don't think it's going to win because I feel like it's a little too fun. For the Academy, um, I think All Quiet on the Western Front probably will win. However, my pick is Women Talking because it's basically it's basically a novel with acting in it. I don't know how to put it. It's one of the best adaptations of a novel. Like I can see in my head how the pages were written when I watched that movie. Yeah, and it was it is one of the best conversations about the institutionalized abuse of female identifying people. Um, Because I don't want to just say women because it's not, it happens to a lot of female presenting people, I should say. But the way male presenting people are almost trained in some, not everybody, but there are a lot of cultures that treat that, you know, males are above females and like there's a culture that doesn't teach anyone who is female to read or write and anybody who's afraid to teach you how to read or write uh, does not have your best interest at heart um because they are afraid of you thinking 
Um, and it is about women choosing thinking over, you know, the devil they know kind of thing. Um, it is based on a true story. Based on a novel, which is based by, on a true story. I don't know if the women actually discussed leaving or staying in the actual events that happened in Bolivia. But um, the person who wrote the novel is a second generation Mennonite. Like her parents were Mennonites. And um, so she had a really good feel for the culture when she wrote it. And it actually did happen um, where a group of, I think it was between a 10 and 20 men in Bolivia in this Mennonite community were in the, in 2010. So not very long ago were drugging households that had women in it and um, raping women and their whole family was passed out because they were using animal tranquilizers and putting it in as a mist in their house. So no one heard it happening. And these people, women would just wake up with like bruises and blood all over their thighs. And they were being told, they were being gaslit into oblivion too. So there's like a lot of talk about gaslighting and how that was like, one girl just said something like, the worst part is that they made us doubt our myself and our own minds. And I was like, oh, if you've been gaslit, the whole thing about you doubting yourself and your own brain is the worst mental abuse I've ever experienced personally is that I do doubt myself sometimes even when I know that what I'm saying is what is real because I have been gaslit into oblivion. So it's not so much about the abuse as the women deciding to take their own autonomy and not take abuse. So I hope it wins. Sorry, I went on a rant because I just watched this movie yeah, and I loved it. Um, it's not very long either. It's only 104 minutes and it's available to rent right now. This so. is one I will be watching tomorrow. And incidentally, I haven't even seen it yet, but it also was my pick for best adapted. <laughs> the reason, so there was a few reasons. First off, I just got to say Sarah fucking Polly. Uh, she is the only one, the only woman of all the best picture nominees. Like it's a woman helm project. All the other best picture nominees are directed She's by also men. the director. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Like she wrote and directed. I can't believe she's not nominated for director. It's, yeah. It's actually a crime. And that's like, to me, it's just like, I just think it's amazing. We have 10 Best Picture nominees and only one that's helmed by a woman. And, uh, but she was a, you know, she was an actress. And, you know, she, I mean, I always think of her, she was in the remake of Dawn of the Dead. She's the lead character and she was wonderful. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love her. Uh, but... She did get Critics' Choice of Movies, uh, Critic Choice Movie Awards Best Adapted. She also got the Hollywood Critics Association Award for Best Adapted. Now that being said, I think the main contender in this category is All Quiet on the Western Front. That would be my yeah. second choice. But that being said, you didn't want Top Gun to win. Well, uh, it's kind of like Knives Out. I think it's too much like a. It's the fun one, and I did watch Maverick uh, last night. I it was it was mm. fun. Like you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of these uh, high adrenaline scenes in the movie. I imagine it was probably a really great popcorn flick to see in the theaters. Uh, I, obviously, a lot of people have nostalgia for the original Top Gun. Um, it was it was fun. I I mean I enjoyed it, but you know me, I I I crave and I thirst for more. Uh, <laughs> well, um, and I. You know, I almost watched it and then I was like, you know what? I am sticking by my 
I don't watch Tom Cruise movies because he's the voice of Scientology, and Scientology is allegedly a cult, I in will, my opinion. I will say Tom Cruise aside, and yes, Tom Cruise, it's it's Tom Cruise is Maverick in this Top Gun Maverick. Steven Spielberg actually brought it up that he was like, you know, as thanks, and I don't know the exact, I'm paraphrasing, but he was like, you know, thanks to Maverick, like like movie theaters were saved because that was like the, one of the first movies in a very long time that was a huge box office success because you know we see these movies and I mean especially with these Academy Award nominated films like they barely sometimes make back their budget like except for everything everywhere all at once yes. everyone saw that fucking yeah, movie yeah that is one of the very so very thank you worst. everything everywhere all at once and not Tom Cruise yeah well I'm just saying like the average moviegoer, there's a lot of people that saw Maverick. And yeah. I mean, Steven Spielberg's not a Scientologist, though, so I think yeah. he really means well. Like, yeah, he's cool. Exactly. Exactly. Unless he's unless he converted, but I don't think no. so. I don't. I don't. I don't think so either. Especially with the Fablemans being so deeply rooted about like his upbringing. Also, I didn't realize Kate Capshaw completely uh, converted to Judaism before they got married. I was reading over Aww. this, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And they're still married. I for some reason I thought they got. To forest after indiana jones and her screaming but oh that's weird because they were in that movie together her and uh key oh that's sweet. yeah i know i think was it like at the golden globes that key like was like spielberg was there and he was just like thank you so much you gave me like my first role and you know so like that was really sweet Aww, um, too. now i will say real quick all quiet did win national board of review for best adapted and it mm. won best adapted at the british academy awards which once again that's that's a big chunk of the voter yeah, audience but it is probably the best adaptation of that book but i i will say yeah. i woman talking is my first choice with all quiet being my second choice i just i once again with living i mean i think kazuo is a literal pulitzer prize winner i think uh the remains of the day won the pulitzer prize for fiction which i wish you could see me guys because i'm putting the book like over my head because i read it when i was 13 and it literally went <laughs> over my head um but with that being said like we have a pulitzer prize um nominee i mean you know winner writing a screenplay just once again not enough people have seen that movie and it makes me really sad yeah. because i'm sure it's a phenomenal movie um, but yeah. yeah, locking in, women talking. I want it to be women talking. I think it might be all quiet. They're both really well done. Yeah. They're both great. I did. I honestly did not finish all quiet because I know the story already. I think I read the book a long time ago, but I knew how it was going to end. And I didn't want to put myself through the mental anguish of watching a World War I uh, movie. I sat through the play of War Horse, and that ripped me to shreds. So World War One is very traumatic. Yeah. Just so y'all know. But it's a great anti-war film, and I do think that people need should watch it. If you ever think that you might want to watch a movie that really tells the truth about what war does to people, um, I would watch All Quiet. But I think Women Talking is much more relevant nowadays. Well, I guess they're both kind of relevant. But personally, personally, Women Talking. I haven't seen Women Talking, but a few years back, Spotlight won Best Picture. And Women Talking seems like it could be very much like Spotlight for me. Where yeah, it's, like... it's it, it doesn't hit you over the head with the... It's not so much about the crime that happened... As much as how it 
came to be that kind of environment that allowed it to happen and how these women are trying to figure out if they should stop the cycle or continue it and how they should stop it or continue it. It's interesting. It's not like an action-packed movie, but it's only 104 minutes, so it actually moves at a very brisk pace. And it's fa- it's jam-fucking-packed with female powerhouses. Oh, which is why yeah. I'm surprised more of them aren't nominated. Frances McDormand actually has a very small part in it. But Claire Foy, Jesse Buckley, Rooney and uh, Rooney Mara are just, f- like, they are fan-fucking-tastic in it. There's actually some very good young actresses in it as well. Um, so I highly recommend, but I hope it wins, but I would be, I mean, All Quiet is also a really good adaptation. So like, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it won. Um, so I guess that means we're on to best director. Mm-hmm. Ooh, we have the Banshees of Inisherin, Martin McDonough, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert, uh, the Fablemans. Steven Spielberg. I don't know why I said it like that, but that's how I said it. Tar by Todd Field. And Triangle of Sadness, Ruben Oostland. I feel like it's going to be the Daniels. I said the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I think this is another stellar category. Um, But the Daniels did beautifully with a movie that is very, very lots of moving parts lots of layers and they know and they made it make sense yeah like i usually i like the idea of multiverses but i usually get lost i'm like okay i just how many different spider-man are there now what the fuck's happening but this one was so easy to follow because they did such really cool things with like the sound design and like visual cues and, like, just thematic stuff to let you know, like, what version of Evelyn or Waylon was happening just by, like, the different music they used. Or if it was multiple universes they were tapping into, they would, like, layer audible clues into it. It's just so smart. And that's why I think like, they might lose original screenplay but get director i think that's exactly what's gonna happen because it was it was well executed like anybody can write down multiverse shit but like actually executing that is really hard and there are so many practical effects like that fucking raccoon that was a puppet yeah was a fucking puppet <laughs> and by the way side sidebar there's a ai generated conversation between uh, joe rogan and uh, ben shapiro but it's making fun of them just in case y'all didn't know, I do not like either of those people because of their politics. And um, anyways, but it's a whole conversation about Joe Rogan asking Ben Shapiro if he would want to be ratatouille And they're like, wait, what do you mean ratatouille He's like, you know, would you like... Uh, he's like, yes, I would like him to write a script for me. Yes, it's very funny. Uh, highly recommend you watch. It's like shit YouTube video kind of shit, but like... It's it's like YouTube poop kind of shit where they're just like, yeah. Do you you don't want to be ratatouille? Why wouldn't you want to be ratatouille? Anyways, the raccoon. What did they call the raccoon? Ratatouille. 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 Yeah. Thank, thank you. Yeah. I've only gotten to see it once so far. I need to watch it a second time. It is. I so yeah. I I do have to say the technical aspect of things because you know we got I got my feelings, but then I also got like, well, let's 
take a walk down the award circuit lane. So the Daniels have won the Critics' Choice Movie Awards for Best Director, the Directors Guild of America for Best Directors, the Hollywood Critics Association Awards, and the Online Film Critics Society. So um, they're kind of leading. Now, with that being said, I do love McMartin and I do love the Banshees, but my second yeah. pick would actually be Steven Spielberg for this one. I think the Daniels mm. are going to take it home, but... The Academy, they love Spielberg. I mean, we love Spielberg. Now, he has I know, that's why he's before. nominated, but I don't think this movie is... I don't know. I haven't gotten to see uh, it yet, but I don't think this is best. I, I, I told you my personal opinion is, like, if we were watching the Oscars in the 80s or the 90s, the Fablemans would have been the complete shoo-in uh, for Best Picture because it does have that very classic movie feel to it. I just... I think it's beautiful. I don't think it's overly dynamic. Um, and I think that's where it's maybe losing some of that pizzazz with the younger voters, personally. But if anyone else had directed this movie, do you think it would be nominated? I will say this. It is a pretty movie. Like, it, the cinematography is pretty. I do like the movie. I just, you know what? I just think it kind of pales in comparison to some of the other nominees. But with that being said, I do think it's better than some of the other nominees. I think it's the very middle ground. Of this award Ooh, who do you season. think it's better then? Oh, don't make for me say director. it. For director. For director. I, I have to say, I think I think direction, just talking about direction, I, I do think it's a stronger direction than Ruben in Triangle of Sadness. Alright. Todd Field, I am a little bit, I, I am a little bit, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's late and I'm losing my brain function. Uh, I'm a little partial know. to Todd Field because I love the movie Little Children. Uh, that Kate Winslet was in. This is his first movie in like 15 years. Yeah, I think Little Children may have been his his movie before. And I did love that film. And that film was nominated. And Kate Winslet probably should have won Best Actress for Little Children. She was phenomenal well, in She it. had to do a war film. Yeah, she did. Uh, Jackie Ar Early Haley was also in Little Children. He was phenomenal in that movie too. Um, Wasn't he also... Um... Rorschach. He was. Yeah, I have yet to see Little Children, but it's like one of those, like, I wanted to see it, but I was way too young to see it. And then now I'm like, oh, I got to see it, but I know what the context of it is. And I was like, ugh. The book is really shit. the book is really good too because I have the book and I I both the movie and the book are great in my opinion. That's good. Mm -hmm. I, I want the Daniels to win. I... I would feel like it's weird if Steven Spielberg won. I just, I know, like, again, if he hadn't won so much shit before, like, if he had not been recognized by the Academy, I would have been like, yeah, you know what? Give it to good old Steve. But he has won and won and won. And you know what? It's okay. And I like Steven Spielberg. I am not a Steven Spielberg hate. I, I like him a lot. I do think he's kind of faltered. He hasn't grown beyond what he was in a while. Like, he's kind of stagnated a bit. Yeah. Obviously, like, so many of his films from the, the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s. I mean, come on. You have Jaws and you have Schindler's List. Like, those are two vastly different movies that are also both considered some of the, like, two of the best films ever made. Jurassic Park. I mean, yeah. Saving Private Ryan. Oh, God. He already won Best Director for Saving Private Ryan. I mean, E.T. too. Yeah. Amistad. Like, Amistad will rip your fucking heart out. 
I'm just and West Side Story last year was great. Yeah, I will say like obviously my bet are on the Daniels, and I mean I I think that would be a very well deserved award. But my little my little brain, my my Oscar loving brain is like if it's not the Daniels, it's going to be Spielberg. Like I, if it's not the Daniels, I think it'll be the Daniels. But if it's not the Daniels, it'll be Spielberg. Well, then I hope if the Daniels win director, I hope that the Banshees win original screenplay. Yeah, I, I think, I think you hit the I nail. Want Banshees to win something. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it's gonna. I, I, I'm about to say it when we talk about best picture, so I'll save for what I'm gonna say. So. <laughs> Well, I guess we can move on to Best Picture because mm-hmm. we were both in agreement on that one, too. Yeah. We're kind of, once it gets past actors, we're like, oh, we know. Yeah, we know. We um, know. <laughs> uh, so, in alphabetical order, All Quiet on the Western Front, Malte Grunert, producer, Avatar, The Way of Water, James Cameron and John Landau, producers. <sighs> The Banshees of Inna Sharon, Graham Broadbent, Pete Cernan, and Martin McDonough, producers. Elvis, Baz Luhrmann, Catherine Martin, Gail Berman, Patrick McCormick, and Shiler Weiss. Weiss or Weiss? Producers. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Daniel Kwan, Daniel Shiner, and Jonathan Wang, producers. The Fablemans. There's so many nominees. Uh, Christy Macosco, Krieger, or Krieger. No, I think it's Krieger. Steven Spielberg and Tony Kushner, producers. Okay, we only got four more guys. We got this. Tar, Todd Field, Alexandra Milken, Ta- Scott Lambert, producers. Top Gun, Maverick, Tom Cruise, Christopher McQuarrie, <laughs> David Ellison, and Jerry Bruckheimer, producers. Triangle of Sadness, Eric Hemendorf, and Philippe Bober, producers. And finally, Women Talking, Dee Dee Gardner, Jeremy Kleiner, and Frances McDormand, producers. Oh my god, there's too many nominees. Ten is too many. Ten is, Ten too, is many. too many. I agree with that. God, do seven or something. I, like, I'm geez, a big please. proprietor. I'm like, go back to five. <laughs> like, five is fine. Yeah. I don't, like, I would, first of all, what the fuck is Avatar The Way of Water doing on this list? I, well, once again, it's, it's, you know, we've talked about it before. The 10 nominees, they are open to everyone for voting. So I will say what I do like about this year's nominees is that you got a little bit of everything. So with Avatar and Top Gun, you got <laughs> you got the big box office movies. Well, Top Gun's only on there because of the Scientologist, the, the Control oh. Hollywood. Sorry, that's my little conspiracy theory. Oh, last podcast on the list is doing another Scientology deep dive. And then I ended up watching my Scientology movie last week so by uh this is the guy that sang that uh my money don't jiggle jiggle oh that guy yeah 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 that guy he did this movie called my scientology movie and um he's talking with a bunch of ex-scientologists and then they all start following them around it's very creepy anyways that is why that movie is nominated unfortunately so just so y'all know if it wins 
conspiracy. There's, but but yeah, I got it, real deep dive in it. Other, other than like the sound design and stuff, it's not nominated for a lot. So no, this is the this is the box office ones. Then we got Triangle Sadness to satisfy the KDs of the world. No, I'm just kidding. Woo! No, well, I'm just happy. I'm just happy a dark comedy yeah. got nominated, especially a foreign film. This is my vindication for Titan being completely ignored. And the piano teacher. Yeah, well, it, you won, know? it won the Palme d'Or. So, I mean. Here's a Palme d'Or winner actually getting nominated for something. Thank fuck. Yes. So, thank God. So, I don't think it'll win. I'm just glad it's nominated. I think it's also nominated for Best International Feature as well. It, uh, no, it's not, actually. Is it not? No. Oh, because it's weird, because it's like, it takes place in international waters, I think, but maybe it's not, maybe it's technically American produced. Yeah. So. Yeah, because I was about to say, real quick, internationals are all quiet on the Western Front, Argentina 1985, Close, EO, and The Quiet Girl. Or our five mm. international. The Quiet Girl is in is in Ireland. not Gaelic. Oh yeah yeah yeah. It is. Uh, I forgot. It's like a mixture because I watched it's the trailer. It's Irish. It's it's. Uh, it's not Gaelic because I was like, oh, it's Gaelic, and they're like, it's not Gaelic. It's a different kind of language. But I was listening to NPR had the director on this weekend. Anyways, yeah. but so I'm gonna go ahead and say it. It's leading. It's the most nominated film this year with 11 nominations. Uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once is going to be our Best Picture winner. Now, with that being said, if Everything Everywhere wasn't in the picture, no pun intended, it would be The Banshees of Inishirin. Like, this, yeah, this I really is, like Banshees. I do, too. I I love the Banshees of Inishirin. I keep thinking that. I'm like, if it was, if this was not the year Everything Everywhere came out, the Banshees would have been our best picture winner because it is such a, and it like, it made my heart so happy when I was watching these nominations be announced and to find out everything everywhere in the Banshees were like leading the nominees. I was like, cause these were my two favorite films last year. So I was like ecstatic. Now, the other thing I have to say about everything everywhere all at once, this is one of those rare movies and Katie has touched upon this a few times while we were talking. So not only did critics like it, but audience members loved it. So people who like I'm friends with on Facebook that never really talk about movies were still talking about this movie. Like it passed barriers. It's all encompassing. Like it touched so many different types of people. And it's just like, it's yeah. just not like really anything people have seen before. And I it love is, that. It's very unique and it's very well done. And it's, I, I think I wrote original, funny, moving, relatable. Mm-hmm. It is. And it's, it, if it wins, it'll be another parasite. Yeah. Because it's just so well liked and it's so deserving of being well liked because it does hold up. I also, like I said, I loved women talking. I would not be upset with that winning, but I don't think it will win because it definitely hasn't had the kind of success everything everywhere all at once wins. Do you think Elvis even has a chance of winning? Because I would be very annoyed if that won. I really, I really, really don't. The way I ordered it was everything everywhere all at once. So you can't see my sheet, but I have it highlighted. And then I have Banshees with number two. And I have Fablemans with number three. Oh, Fablemans would be weird. I think All's Quiet on the, All Quiet on the Western Front would 
be a second pick for me, except I think it's going to win Best International. I do, too. I do, too. I think with how many nominees it got across the board, I would be... It's kind of like Roma. Like, the year Roma was nominated for Best Picture, along with Parasite, Roma won International but lost Best Picture to Parasite. I think it's going to be the yeah. same thing. It's going to be nominated for both... Wait, no. No, Parasite won both of those. Are you... No, I, I thought Roma did, because I thought... Nope. Roma was the year before. Um, no, I honestly don't think Elvis would win. I, I think it's one of those movies, like, I hope not. for every Austin Butler performance, you have a Tom Hanks performance, and... Yeah, uh, what was with Tom Hanks? Uh, he that was, was weird. He was nominated for a Razzie for his role as the Colonel, FYI. Also, like, here are my notes on it. Frenetic and insulting on the senses. It looks good when it's not changing shots every two seconds. Also, why is there comic book stuff? It's Boss Lerman. So <laughs> I, I, I know, but like there was so much like CGI in the background of it that I was like, why? Some of it looked really good, but the beginning looked horrible. Yeah. At the beginning, he must have done it the last minute. I do like that they made it very clear that Elvis took his music from African-American musicians. I liked that aspect of it. And I liked all the people they casted as actual singers like B.B. King, Little Richard, uh, Rosetta Tharp and uh, Big Mama Thornton stood out to me. Also, all of those actors did sing for themselves because they're all credited on the soundtrack, by the way. Um, just pointing that out there. And um, I, they had some good, like, tie-in songs, like the Doja Cat song, and there was another one in there. However, like, that got real shoehorned in with the period-appropriate music. Like, I was like, why is the Doja Cat song at this point? It's like they couldn't figure out where else to put it. So they're just like, we have to put it somewhere so we can, you know, market the shit out of it. Yeah. If we were going to look at, if we were going to kind of divide these, like, best pictures up, and someone out there is going to disagree with me. This is just my personal opinion. So, All Quiet on the Western Front, that's a critics movie. Avatar The Way of the Water, that's a commercial success. That's an audience movie. Banshees is both. People, critics are going to love it, but, like, I have guys at the office that I was like, guys, you have to watch this movie. And, like, my coworkers watched it, and they loved it. Uh, Elvis is more commercial. Everything, everywhere, all at once, both. Critics and, it's like, critics and the average audience member loved it. Fableman's, um, it's going to be more critics. Tar's more critics. Top Gun is more commercial. Triangle of Sadness, you have that, I I mean... (laughs) It's not a bad movie. It's just a very specific type of film. And I think it throws a lot of people for a loop. I think they're either going to love it or they're going to hate it. And then Women Talking is one of those movies that I think is an absolute powerhouse movie. I haven't seen it, but I think that's what it is. But it's just a quiet film. And not everybody takes to those quiet but powerful films. Yeah, I definitely don't think it's going to win Best Picture. I would like it to win adapted screenplay but i think it will no i hope it's everything everywhere all at once but it wouldn't be the worst thing for what was the other one i wanted to win women talking would be i'd be happy with that or oh i'm sorry banshees i expect it to be either banshees or everything everywhere all at once is there anything else you want to mention other than these main categories oh god that you think that you're calling for sure before we go uh it's I would say Best International is going to be All Quiet on the Western Front. Best Animated is going to be Pinocchio. Uh, oh, well, I haven't gotten to watch. I'm going to save Pinocchio for, like, a nice sit-down watch. But I, will, I like Turning Red, too. I, uh, Turning Red's my second choice. Uh, and I, I love Turning Red. I think it's very relatable. Uh, but with Pinocchio, there's just a mastery 
in that film that you don't see every day even though it's very dark uh it disturbed me (laughs) um i'm sure i loved it i'm very excited to watch it i loved it it just disturbed me i won't get into it right now i writing all my predictions out other one i'm having a real hard time with is original score that's probably other than actors my hardest to guess on so but that's good well we'll see we'll see we'll probably check in occasionally at the oscars if we have time yeah on the instagrams and just be like were we right were we wrong who's got it and uh i'll try to publish another one of those where to stream either tomorrow or maybe thursday so you guys can watch some of these before this episode airs um because this will air on the episode of Right before the Oscars. Yay. So, yeah. Um, But with that, we're going to say goodbye, good night, good day, good morning, good afternoon, whatever time it is. Watch some of these movies. Don't watch all of them because obviously some of them shouldn't be nominated in my opinion. I'm just kidding. Um, Watch the ones you want to watch and tune in for the Oscars and see if you agree with us or completely disagree with us. Remember, art is subjective, and it's okay if you have a different opinion. And this is kind of a different uh, set of movies than we usually cover because it's not necessarily horror because horror always gets overlooked in the Oscars. That's the other thing that we didn't really touch on. But this year didn't make me as angry as last year, so I didn't feel like going on a rant this year because Titan wasn't up this year. So anyways, I hope that you guys have a lovely week, and we will see you next time when we discuss Nanny. Yay! So yes. Nanny, Nanny's up on our list, and I made a lot of notes for Nanny. So that's we love you guys. Uh, stay safe. Take care of everybody. Take care of one another, and um, hug your fur babies and real babies, tat. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, don't know. I agree with that. Have a good time. Yeah, it's always a good time, and uh, always cherish the time you have together if that's watching a movie that's quite fun um i don't know i'm it is we ended up having technical difficulties so it's later than normal so anyways i'm gonna say goodbye because i'm just meandering love you guys uh we just look forward to seeing you next time uh same spooky time same spooky channel stay, stay spooky, spooky y'all, y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye,
Grindhouse Girls Podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Britt Ray. Our editor is N.R. Moody. All music used is royalty-free and can be found in our annotations. You can follow us on all of our socials. And if you have any comments, questions, or just want to say hey, our email is contactus at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening.